Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It is a legitimately a football Friday here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. KX and 106.3 FM. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours. You can follow Trent on Twitter, at Trent Condon. You can read his takes on realignment, etc. on Cyclone Fanatic as he goes by the far side. C-Y-D-E uh, is his handle over on Cyclone Fanatic. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Uh, we will start at the bottom of the hour talking hawks and clones. First up will be our friend Tom Cakert from HawkeyeReport.com. Tom joins us at uh, 10.30 or thereabouts. Dave Sproul, KASI uh, in Ames. He follows uh, Tom in here about 10.45. At uh, 11 o'clock, we rejoin for hour number two. Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football as we do at that time slot every Friday with the oh six or seven of the bigger games of the weekend. We'll give you an opportunity to win some Claxons. Now be advised if you're a player of this and you've sat out your four-week penalty or you've had trouble getting in, uh, Claxons, we move it up a little bit during football season and we save time for our little uh, head-to-head contest with our picks and we will do that at 11.45. Now, you won the season last year, right? That's correct, yes, since we've moved here to 1460 and 106.3. It's 1-1. Mm-hmm. Rubber match. Yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. Well, we've got a five-pack of picks. Uh, normally, what do we do? Three and two NFL in college, but it's all college today, and that will come up at 11.45. College football last night was scintillating <laughs> in a lot of respects. Uh, couldn't have enjoyed it any more. Um, what was your takeaway? More about Ohio State, more about Minnesota? I think more about Ohio State. The Minnesota defense, oh yeah, they gave up 45 and looked really bad at times in the second half. That's what Ohio State's going mm-hmm. to do. C.J. Mm-hmm. Stroud, who didn't look great in the first it was half. terrible in the first half. Making plays up the field. And Chris Olave. Yeah, isn't he something? <laughs> he is an absolute star. Uh, you throw him with Wilson. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the depth of that mm-hmm. wide receiver and group. Got, got it. a bunch of backs. This team is incredibly good offensively. Defensively, though, yeah, some young kids playing. They're going to have to grow uh-huh. up very quickly. Here comes Oregon next week. What all new linebackers? A bunch of kids in the secondary. Um, you know, my biggest takeaway. I just feel awful for Ibrahim. Yes, Trent, it, it's look. There's been nothing official, but as many Twitter doctors pointed out, <laughs> <laughs> you can watch the tendon or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, actually going up the back of his leg, oh, and that really? that was yeah, that was not fun to watch, but. Um, so we'll see how it turns out because they had no answer for him. And this is a good Ohio State team up front, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ibrahim just was having his way with them. Um, and you know who else? It looks as though, I don't want to say one game makes the season. Tanner Morgan looks like he's back to Tanner Morgan two years ago. I thought he threw some some really accurate balls. And he doesn't have maybe the depth talent-wise. He's got a couple of kids. That right kid, the transfer from Texas mm-hmm. A&M, uh, number 16, he's a player Who's the other kid? Nine. Jackson's Jackson, a good player. Yeah. I think you pointed him out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can play a little bit. Um, remember my last question to Bill Bender? So I, I kind of phrased it like, well, Bill, I, I'm hearing comparisons 
that this Henderson kid is better than Ezekiel Elliott and will go down as the best running back to ever play at Ohio State. <laughs> and, you know, Henderson... I mean, this kid should be playing tonight, Trent. Right. He yeah. should be on a high school field mm-hmm. playing football. My God, he's fast. Um, so, I mean, does Ohio State deserve to be the... the um, the ranking, or I, or I guess the position that most people have them in in this college football pantheon? Yeah, I think so. I think four is the right spot. We'll see who wins Clemson and, and Georgia, and the winner of that one probably jumps to three if it's Georgia or stays at three if they're Clemson. So, yeah, that's the right spot mm-hmm. for them. Still a ton of talent. They're going to get better. And you look well, at the Stroud's schedule. going to get better. You look at the schedule, too. Oregon next week, and then who are you nervous about? Yeah. Is Maybe it Penn, Penn State? State? Maybe. Maybe Penn State. But even at that, they're 11-1. and one. Yeah. And they're playing for a Big Ten championship right. and a spot in the playoff. Look, I thought I thought Minnesota might. I mean, they might. They were headed to perhaps a big upset. I knew the game was going to be close. Certainly mm-hmm. wasn't you know jumping up and down. That although I got off Minnesota yesterday, <laughs> I uh, switched my pick before the game to Iowa to win the Big Ten West. Minnesota's going to be a pain in the butt. If you know, dependent a lot dependent upon Ibrahim, who is such a good running back. He is, and Chris Ottman Bell will be back at some point. Mm-hmm. He was. Close, at least, to well, getting helps. to go. Yeah. He's a big-time receiver yep. with the young guys we talked about there. They're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Defensively, now defensively, right. They took big strides last year as the year went on. Remember this Minnesota program? They're, they're a slow-starting program like Iowa, like Iowa State. Mm-hmm. We've talked about them. These developmental programs takes a little bit longer for them to get going. And I think defensively, by the time we get to October, they'll be, be at least be adequate. They're not going to be yep. great. But they'll be okay, mm-hmm. and in the Big Ten West, that's good enough. Yeah, I, I think this seven is year, and five, eight and four type of look to this yeah. team, maybe. And seven and two, I think gets you a spot. Yeah, I, I think that's enough yeah. to win the Big Ten West this year. Could and you get be. to seven and two. Now their margin of error, mm-hmm. obviously, having Ohio State is incredibly thin, but I still think the Gophers can get there. All right, so let me um, ask you about the the non targeting targeting call late in the yeah. football game. I don't know what targeting is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I looked at it. And man, I mean, the kid was—he was all cold, right? He—he mm-hmm. he, he was his helmet to helmet. Was there shoulder to begin with? But again, he—I don't know what targeting is. I thought it was a cut and dry one. I, mean, I didn't even think there's. This won't take long. So they cut to Pereira, and my wife goes, yeah. "Oh, this guy. Yeah, he didn't have a good day yesterday. <laughs> he doesn't generally. No. Are any of these guys really good? Because it feels like you know they're in about I a twenty percent like? clip. Terry McAuliffe. All right, the former NFL official. Yeah, um, he's pretty good. Yeah, but you're right. Your your point's well taken. And I think that also shows how difficult officiating is, mm-hmm. and how anybody can interpret things a different way. How many times have you been watching a football game and the color analyst is describing what they're seeing? Like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with referees. Their eyes and the rule book and the way that they interpret and they it. They don't officiate in slow mo. Right, and that's another big piece Huge. of it. And, what the play on the field is called uh-huh. is always a huge component when it gets to that point. It shows you how difficult that job is, and you're never going to get it right. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get it because people have differing opinions. I thought it was a really well-officiated game. I, I had no problem with the officials. With, with the except, And then again, that's that a play. me thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong. And I saw on Twitter last night, oh, of course the Buckeyes got 8-10. Oh, to ten the refs. Yeah. All right, slow down here. The Big Ten, the fix is in. The Big Ten doesn't want their power program to take a loss in week one. 
I didn't see anything like that. No, I didn't either. It, you're right. It just goes to show you how difficult it uh, it is. So what else did you watch last night? UNLV a little bit. They found uh-huh. their quarterback maybe in the second half. Trent, I got to... I know, look, the Cyclone fans are giddy to go to Vegas. Yes. It's an unbelievable destination. Mm-hmm. They're going to see, at least I think, just a one-sided, awful football game. I mean, this thing could be this thing could be brutal. Whatever the point spread is. They lay it with confidence. That is as bad as a Mountain West team, at the very least, oh. that I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. They were awful. I watched a little bit in the first half, but mostly from about the middle of the third quarter on, I, I had it on the whole time. Mm-hmm. They can't tackle. Mm-hmm. In space, they are brutal. Eastern Washington, once it got tight again, and after UNLV tied it up at 20, they opened it back up, and they just they were able to do whatever they wanted to do. You look at the scoring plays in overtime from Eastern Washington. First play, boom. Is that where Brinson went to school? Yes. That's what I thought. That's where he was a tennis star. Okay. Well, that's what he says. And he, uh, he says he doesn't give them money anymore. Not like he ever did. Exactly. Please. After they went to the red field. On the home, he said, "I hate it." Yeah, that's his excuse. <laughs> my principal won't write a check. Every I've never year. been anybody tighter than Jimmy V in my life. <laughs> like he's writing big checks to the alma mater, anyway. <laughs> he's America's guest. He never paid for anything his whole time. He was in Des Moines. There's a lot of free golf, a lot of free everything. I wonder if Brits was there. Well, if he was, he didn't pay to get in. Well, exactly. When we were out in uh, Vegas last time, I he said he got a call from. Uh, I was talking to Chris Andrews. Yeah, I got a call from your old partner. No, he didn't. Did he really? And I, I was like, oh, yeah, what, what do you have up to sleep? How many well, rooms does he need? Uh-huh. That's exactly <laughs> what it was, Jimmy B. Oh, he's a dandy. Uh, did you watch any uh, Tennessee Bowling Green? I watched that at halftime at the Big Ten Tilt. That was it. Mm-hmm. It was very, very small. You had a takeaway, though, from Well, that I just was surprised how many empty seats there were at Neyland Stadium. I get it's a Thursday and Bowling it's Bowling Green, Green but still, you've waited months to see your squad. I mean, Trent, there was a time, well, it's been a while now, admittedly, mm-hmm. I mean, that was as uh, as tough a ticket to get in the SEC as anything. No doubt. And now. Huge I mean, stadium, bad opponent. It's a, it's a huge stadium, night. I'll give you that. Still got the Delta variant, maybe that keeps May, people uh, away. Uh, I hope that that's the case. You I know, doubt that, that's the case in the South. But. but there's a lot of things that you can point to. It's just... Mm-hmm. With a stadium that big. And another thing is Knoxville, you look at the surrounding areas, it's not a huge community either. You know, they are very much a university and mm-hmm. a football program that needs everybody from Nashville to make the drive and everybody from North Georgia right. that are Tennessee fans. They need a lot of people from just outside the area. I to bet get there, there was 20,000 empty seats. Yeah. I mean, just just eyeballing the upper deck was half full at best. Bowling Green, but terrible. you're right. It's a big. It's a big. And yeah, Bowling Green is terrible. That was my man. takeaway. Yeah, not a whole lot about. They get to six this year for Tennessee. That's mm-hmm. success for Hypeland. Yeah, I one. think so. I think so. We'll How see. much UCF Boise did you make it? Uh well, I did make it to the end. Uh, it was. Um, I, I saw a decent amount of it. You guys are mean to me on Twitter, by the way. Pete. <laughs> we're not mean. <laughs> You're I said you were staying up for the Minnesota-Ohio State game. I knew you. Yeah, no. It started at 7. If it would have started at 8, it would have been no, a little I more did, dicey. It's been dicey, but I just I'd, I'd struggled through that one. But, um, yeah, I saw, I saw a fair share. I didn't see the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Boise State's road unis. They're beautiful. They really are. And, and, uh, and, and good for um, UCF to come back and, you know, take it away from them like they did. Bachmeyer had a bad interception lately. He late did. Now, I didn't see that live. I saw mm-hmm. it this morning. That was... Yeesh. And Gabriel, for UCF, mm-hmm. that dude can sling it. Yeah. He's got a yeah. hose. Yeah. An absolute rocket up there. Fun team. Couple of fun teams to watch. 
UCF. If and there's going to be we're going to be able to watch them very closely here, Trent, because yep. it sounds as though they are ticketed. They're imminent. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen mm-hmm. in the reports of during this college football season. What does that tell you? The Big 12, Texas and Oklahoma, will not be part of it in 2022. No, uh, I don't think so either. I, I don't, and we'll, we'll see how far, how soon those other t- – and the trickle-down. Here's another thing, and I get that Iowa State fans couldn't care less, and they shouldn't because they, their conference just got pillaged. But what's the trickle-down going to be for all of this? Because the AAC is going to have to replace some schools. Uh, and where are they going to go get those schools from? And so on and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Can we see maybe contraction uh, as far as how many teams are playing FBS football? Would you be surprised? If we see... I mean, conference. Right. After you get through that trickle-down mm-hmm. and the MAC makes a decision... Mm-hmm. Does it make more sense for those programs to drop down, go to, as opposed to 85 scholarships, to 63? You wonder, Trent. A much more manageable mm-hmm. financially. Mm-hmm. And what's the future of that look like? With mm. There's still going to be buy games. But are those buy games at a different level? Is the amount spent? Because here's another part. You look at the seven home games that every team at the major conference level wants to have. All right. Well, we're having a huge non-conference game every year. Or at least a big one you'd mm-hmm. anticipate plus your conference slate, is it where, you know what, to get to seven and to sell season tickets, we don't have to spend $1.5 million to bring a Sunbelt team in. It's just it. We're happy spending $500,000 to bring you and I in. That's a great point. You go that direction, all of a sudden the Mac. those checks. Yeah, the the Western Michigans of the world that are getting upwards of $2 million. Mm -hmm. Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12 teams look around and say, hey, there's this, a lot of tentacles the to this. Yeah. There's a lot of tentacles to the decisions that college football is making. How does the trickle-down work, then, in your mind? So the American is rated. You yeah. lose three programs out of there. Where do they go? The Sun Belt. I would. So you're looking at take the, take the, Appalachian State? For sure. Great program. Yeah. They continue to win at Coastal? a high level. Coastal. That's a new one. Uh-huh. But look what they did last year. One year, though. Right? So they got off on the right foot last night. (laughs) They did. Programs uh, a little bit deeper. Louisiana. Fan base, eh, maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit more difficult. Conference USA, there isn't a whole lot there. We talked about UAB and the job Bill Clark has done, but Mm -hmm. like a Louisiana Tech. Now, do they get the call up to mm-hmm. the American athletic departments like we that? We could see we could see merging going on. You know, your team's lost a couple of this. Mm-hmm. Are your conference lost a couple of this conference? Well, let's put them together. We'll see, because uh, this is uh, there, there's a lot of you know the the Big Twelve was forced to make their move. They're making their move now. The AAC dot dot dot. Anyways, that's for later. As we have football in front of us here today. So just on the surface, um, Iowa State is it's still at Bet Rivers. What I, I did the Claxons got it ready. Thirty one and a half is the number. Mm-hmm. Um, has, have you seen it lower anywhere? No, I haven't seen it because I thought I saw way. somebody post something. It was in the down in the twenty nine range, but I couldn't okay. find it, so I used thirty one. Mm-hmm. And Iowa State, that numbers fluctuate. I mean, Iowa rather the numbers fluctuating a little bit, three and a half, four. Yeah, it looks like the buyback is coming now on the Hawkeyes. It was pretty much five, five and a half mm-hmm. throughout the summer, regardless of who was opening it up. That was seemed to be kind of the number that everybody was targeting. Went down. It's been three and a half most of the week, but last night, uh, last. Yesterday afternoon, I guess, is when I started to see some of that buyback. And, yeah, it's basically split three and a half and fours out there right now. Hawks favored. So where are you at in that game? Because obviously... Is from a betting perspective? Just in general. Well, I think I was going to win. You do? Yeah, I didn't. Now I'm Spencer Petrus. Trent, I, I could be... This could be embarrassingly... Uh, well, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Look, I'm buying into what I'm hearing. on Because I haven't seen with my own two eyes since last year. 
But the media did. And it's not their job to blow sunshine up his skirt. If he stunk mm-hmm. on Kids Day, I want to believe that they would have said, maybe not in those terms. Right. They would have softened it up a little bit. But there was no need to do that. And then when Ferret said that, and when his his teammates keep coming up with glowing reports on him, I watched them throw the ball against air on those Twitter clips. Yeah. And he can sling it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody coming after him. And that's where that's, I still I agree. Am. But I'm on board. Kids Day, you're not getting hit. That's true. Though it's live action, yeah. still the quarterbacks right. don't get hit in Kids Day. He gets amped up. Mm-hmm. He gets fired up. He sails balls. He worked on his mechanics with that guy out in New Jersey. Yeah. Maybe that's going to help him. He has the arm. It's nothing with that. It is decision-making. It's an ability to compress everything and put everything together. And I, I just have to see it. That's mm-hmm. where I continue to be. Defensive line. We've talked about that a lot. For Iowa, the no. lack of bodies. Not a lot of depth. Yeah. Van Volkenberg had a great year last he year. did. What do you have, five fumble recovery, something ridiculous was, like that? He was very active. Now, that is not going to happen. He's here's, the guy this year, Trent. Here's another thing I heard. Last year, you go back to the six-game winning streak. It was a lot of methodical, mm-hmm. down-the-field, driving, 10-play drives, those kind of things. You know, Iowa last year was last in the country in explosive plays. One of the metrics that are out there, kind of the advanced analytics. Iowa was the worst team in the country in terms of number of those big pop plays. And now you lose Brandon mm-hmm. Smith on one side, mm-hmm. Amir Smith Marset, who absolutely was one did of the best. Did Brandon Smith stick with the Cowboys? I think he practice did. Squad. Practice squad, yeah. Made the practice yeah. squad. So those two guys depart, and you expect more explosiveness out of the offense. Yeah, that's fair. It's going to have to be a lot of those mm-hmm. 8, 10, 12 play, grinded out type of drives. Mm-hmm. Maybe a lot of unders this year for Iowa. They were able to do it last year. The scoring offense was good when you look at those numbers, but they had to. You didn't have to be perfect, but they had to be really, really good. Well, I think there's another level for Goodson, and I'm basing that a lot on on uh, what I think he's going to do this year, what he has to do this year. Um, so we'll see. We'll As it see. pertains to Indiana, though, I do think this is a really good matchup for Iowa. The way that Indiana plays, they don't run the football real well. All right, there's mm-hmm. an advantage. Panix has he's been hurt. This will be he finally gets back. Does he trust himself? And he got hurt in November late, yes, of last late. year. You know, this wasn't something that happened in September. Right. This was a November injury, so it was late in the season for him. It's a second ACL tear. And though he's mobile, he's not Lamar Jackson. Twenty nine and a half at DraftKings. Thank you, Rob McNew. He's not a guy that is going to go out there and, and Put a 75-yard rushing touchdown against you. He can move, mm-hmm. but he's not that kind of guy. He likes to take jump balls. Against Phil Parker's defense, I'll take that every single yes, time. Yes, I'm with you. You go back to the Ohio State game. The way Indiana moved the football, it was shot after shot after shot up the field. You do that against a Hawkeye defense with this kind of secondary? Well, I will be impressed if they do. I'll be surprised. Uh, right. And I know as much as Fry Fogel's a stud. He is. a good player. He's a really good yes, player. Yes, he is. They're really excited about the transfer of Texas A&M, another big kid that's like 6'3". They got big receivers on the outside. The way they played, the way they were most successful last year, I just don't think it's going to work against Iowa. The other thing, though, that does concern me, because I'm with you, I think Iowa wins this football game, is last year, game one, remember how bad they were against Mm -hmm. the run against a Purdue Mm -hmm. team? They can't run the football. Mm -hmm. Couldn't the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And now with that new front, that's the one. And Indiana, there's been a lot of talk of, a concerted effort to get back to the running game. That That is still going to be something that they're going to be built on. Take some of that pressure off of Penix. You put all those things together. That would be my concern, but I just, I think top to bottom, Iowa's still the better football team. Home field, Kinnick's going to be nuts, I'm sure, yes, uh, tomorrow. You think? I'll be one of them. I, I'm so excited just to walk into the stadium. 
the sights, the sounds, yeah. everything that goes along oh with my. it. You mentioned Neyland Stadium, and and think about stadiums rocking. Hey, go Minneapolis last night, just great. Was, in the they rain, were packed too. The 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 um, decibel level before that game kicked off, those people were fired. Yeah, what's the kid's name for Xander something? The running back for for Purdue. Mm-hmm. He went crazy. He against did, us. and then did nothing else the rest yeah. of the year. So that's the one. Vinny and Andrew, I can't think of it. If either. they were able to run the football, mm-hmm. that would be my one mm-hmm. point. But I, 27-20, something like that. That's I kind of the so. range I'm at. Yeah, I think they win and they cover. Again, on my, I thought Trent, was, I think we go back to when Phil Still first came out, we were starting to transition to you know, uh, brushing up a little bit, remembering what we saw last year in some respects. I thought this team was off to an 0-2 start. Mm-hmm. I thought Indiana's going to pick them off. And I'm convinced Iowa State's going to pick them off and maybe – you know, convincingly. I have come full circle. You're coming back around. I, I am. I still think Iowa State will win next week. Uh, I don't think it's going to be what I thought it was. I mean, I thought, you know, there was a chance that some people might be shopping for an alternate line in that football game because Iowa State's really going to lay one on them. Um, and I thought Indiana would come in here and pick them off. And there was a back-to-back 0-2 starts. That would be ugly. That would be ugly. And I don't think that's going to be the case anymore based on... on uh, my theory on QB1. Iowa State laying the, depending on where you're shopping. 29 and a half at DraftKings, 31 and a half at uh, Bet Rivers. At that price, are you playing you and I? No. You are asking me personally? I yeah. don't bet these games. I don't bet the local. If you, know. you had to. If I had to? It all, I mean, everybody I've talked points. to, every Iowa State fan, every UNI Says fan. They're going to, they will not take their foot off the accelerator. But when it pertains to the point spread, I've heard everybody say, Oh, that's too many. Mm-hmm. And when everybody's going one way, what do you do, Ken? No, I know. You go the other, Trent. Now, I grabbed 32 when that was out at Bet Rivers. Mm-hmm. I jumped on that right away. But there's that, that feeling, and especially with the offensive struggles that you and I had this spring. They were awful. Yep. Just brutal. Because of that, you look up and it's 38 nothing and 38-3. Because the offense was that bad. Defense is going to be good for you and I. But it couple of special they teams be, play. because they're going up against a pretty good offense. Block punts, those kind of, you know, something goofy happens, mm-hmm. then maybe you get to that number. I jumped on you and I, but I wouldn't be jaw on the floor shocked if Iowa State covers that. What's number. your favorite game this weekend? One that I have to see? Yeah, what, yeah exactly. Well, you have to watch this game. You're going to go out of your way. Well, you're going to be a kinnick, so it right. can't be an afternoon kick. Yeah. But what game, well, you throw the afternoon games into. What game would you want to see? Had you been staying home and not make jumping in the car and headed to Iowa City, Penn State, Wisconsin, yeah, me too. That one, big nooner. Mm-hmm. Get the TV. Both teams play the Hawks. Yes, that one is a game that feels like it should be in November. Yeah, cold, disappointing. That's overcast. And you know the Madison student section; they do not get there for no. those eleven o'clock nope. kicks. Nope, nope. Game one. I'm sure, it's going to be a busy mm-hmm. Friday night <laughs> down in State Street. I, I just. That's the time. I understand what Fox is doing with the big noon kickoff, and they had the graphic last night of yeah, all the places they're see, going. Yeah, did you see? So they're going. They'll be. Um, they'll be at that game. Mm-hmm. Then next week they're going to Columbus for Oregon. Yep. Where are they going the following week? They got a couple. They got one more. Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Is that yeah in Illinois? That's where they end this little. Excursion. And then they go to Texas, right, for the Oklahoma Texas game. And that was also October, on the slate, was that on the was that yep. on the uh, the graphic? Yeah, that's pretty good slate, Fox. It is. But it stinks for the fans. It's really bad for the fans. In what respect? 11 o'clock kickoff sucks. Oh, I know. I see what you're saying. It's you know. getting revved up, getting mm-hmm. excited. It's a huge game. If you're in this game, 
it's monstrous, and it's different for Penn State because they're on the East Coast. Right, it's still noon kick, noon, yeah. eleven o'clock kickoff. Mm-hmm. You want to get over, and even not ridiculous. We're not talking about hour. You want to get over even a couple hours straight from Des Moines to Iowa City for a eleven o'clock kickoff. A couple hours of tailgate. You're talking about leaving in six yeah. at minimum. You're leaving in the dark, right? For maybe your biggest game of the yeah. year. Yeah. That's the part of it that I don't like. Now, you're different because you're always on your couch. Right. You're at home. Yep. You don't care. No. And it's better to have, as opposed to, all right, let's flip Just on. Just keep them apart. Syracuse, NC State. All right. Yeah, that's what you're opening with. No, you get Penn State, Wisconsin. That's pretty damn good. Hey, what'd you think of Bobby Stoops last night? He's all Not right. Urban Meyer. He's not. He's fine. Uh, again, it's, it's, and it's, it's first night. Because Urban Meyer stunk yeah, he when he did. was at ESPN. That's, you know what? That's true. He was. Re- that's really true. He said nothing. Nope. Because he was waiting for his next coaching job. Sure. And then he opened it up because mm-hmm. he thought he was done. Mm-hmm. Or, or he knew that the NFL was in his future, right. not the college game. Stoops is okay. Yeah, I thought so too. You know, we never talked about it on this on Monday, and I meant to. And you know my, um, my opinion on guys that stay too long in their professions. Mm-hmm. Um, did you happen to watch Game Day last week? No. Trent, it was, uh, you know, my my. my Ridiculous take on Lee Corso, you need to walk away from the game. Mm-hmm. He means so much to that program. Yes. And to college football. Mm-hmm. And to have the, they had a little tribute to him. You know, all Nick Saban and Day and Dabo and others. There's a handful of coaches that sat in front of a camera and welcomed him back. Oh, that's awesome. It really was. He's crying on the set. Yeah. You know, and I'm crying in my living room <laughs> because it's, uh, it, it just means so much. So, you know what? If you come out and you have a little trouble, you forget in the middle of your sentence. That's okay. And I've always been okay with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming to my side. No, I am. I'm, I'm coming around. He just means so damn. And I'm, I'm that way with Dickie V. Mm-hmm. You know, just because he's so passionate about college basketball. But Corso, I thought, was... And you take Corso away from that show, what is it? Because Herb yeah. Street... I, I heard an interview with Herb Street earlier this week. He's so kind to Lee Corso. He is. You can say what you want about Kirk Herb Street and Cyclone fans. Are you'll never forgive, forgive him for the Matt Campbell's leaving at the end of the year. To, God forbid you have an opinion. Right. Exactly. But he is so kind to Lee Corso. Reminds me of Steve Stone looking after Harry Carey. Yes. Propping yeah. him up. Right. Doing what you're going to do possible. for me in a few years. <laughs> and Herb Street said though that a. He wants to stay with Lee. Right. And when Lee leaves... So what does that mean? I think Herb Street's done. And then that mm. show is just another pregame yeah. show. It's just... They are the backbone to it. Yeah. You know, they switch from one guy that's the exact same as the other with Fowler and Davis. Mm-hmm. That's the exact same yeah, show. It is. They're both professionals and they're mm-hmm. good and they're you know, guys in their late 40s, early mm-hmm. 50s and yeah, black hair there. Mm-hmm. The RG3 guy. was on it last week and he was okay. Yeah. He was good. I mean, for his first... His first uh, soiree into game day. But are you flipping on at 9 o'clock to watch Desmond Howard argue with David Pollock? Probably not. No. No. I'm not. No. Are you flipping over every single week, no matter what's going on at 10.55, to make sure you see the, the, uh, whatever they whatever takes final, over? No. I don't but think so. You do it with that show. You do. I would love to see the ratings broken down by like five-minute increments <laughs> yeah. and what that final five minutes is. Because whatever you're doing at 10.55... What's he going to put on? There's head? so many weeks that I'm home and kids just, we're not, we're not watching pregame shows. Mm-hmm. But at 10.55, we're getting there. And yeah. the kids love it because they get to see the mascot. And they <laughs> sure. get the mascot head and they get a kick out of that. That's something they even look forward to every single week. Mm-hmm. Or normally it's put on Paw Patrol. You know, let's, let's, <laughs> let's flip on a kid's show 
At 10.55, though, they know, yeah, the goofy guy's going to yeah. put on a mascot head. And you're going to miss that. Yeah, I, I, I will miss it. So I, it was good. It was, uh, I was glad I saw that and glad I saw the tribute. And um, Yeah, I was wrong. Uh, it's, it's almost 10.30. Tom Kakert is going to join us next on Iowa. Dave Sproul, likewise, on Iowa State. Bamba Bob Trent and I will go around college football at 11.05. Uh, Claxon's giveaway, our picks before we get out of here at noon. Trent Scott High School football down the dial. Uh, if you're listening to us on 106.3, he'll be on the bull tonight uh, with Ank versus Ank. 7 o'clock kick. 7 o'clock clicks with the Hawks and the Jaguars, 96.9 FM, the bull. 12, uh, 10.30, Miller and Condon joined by Tom Caker next. 14.60 kicks and 01. Up on Friday, September 10th. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Tom Kakert, momentarily, Dave Sproul in about 10 minutes. Right now, Mike Hurt, uh, Polk City, this weekend. Uh, you've seen the Pewter family. Everybody knows about the trophy. Well, let's get uh, Mike Hurt in here. Mike, uh, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. Glad to give you a couple of minutes. So what have you got going on uh, coming up this weekend? Well, on Monday, the RVTV's coming to Polk City, Iowa at the square from 3.30 to 7.30 to, uh, to do the RVTV celebration. We're doing a Peter Family Replicate uh, trophy, or a trophy photo booth where people can basically do their best to replicate the actual trophy. We have the background. We have the base. Um, we tried doing it two years ago, and it rained out, so we have a photo that uh, shows the family that's almost perfect on there, and we wanted to do that. Over and over and over again. So it should be something to be shared on social media and kind of get in, injected into the history of the Seahawks series. Love it. 3.30 or 7.30 on the square in Polk City. Love this it. works perfectly because I have a son and a daughter. I think you we can replicate for your it. family, it would. Yes. We'll see. Uh, Syngenta is donating seed hats, so we're going to give away one seed hat per uh, group. <laughs> so uh, if you want to dress like the uh, the trophy, do your best and, and uh We'll go ahead and get a picture taken, and you can share it with everyone you know. Nice That's stuff. Cool. Now, are you behind the Pewter Family Twitter account that emerged last weekend? Yeah, yeah, we just started that because <laughs> we want to share the photos eventually. Yeah. Um, just, I, I just want just a wide range of ideally families, uh, perfectly farm families, um, to kind of put a positive spin on this thing that's been kind of a negative, polarizing thing in the history, but. Uh, let's make it positive and get some really cool images out there that we can share. I'm all for it. Uh, 3.30 to 7.30, Polk City, the square. Uh, you can find, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm guessing, Mike, that the Pewter Family Twitter account has all the details as well? Yeah, I do have a couple of screen prints on there. Um, it'll, it'll be, I think, on the northwest end of the square, and you should see us there. We'll see it. It's kind of hard to miss. Uh, have a great weekend, Mike. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you. Let's go to Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. It's Indiana, it's Iowa, and away we go. Hi, Tom. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Doing well, Tom Caker. I got to tell you, um, I have completely come full circle on what I thought this team was going to be, and it's all predicated on Spencer Peters. I'm buying in, Tom. Trent's not. I'm on the bandwagon. I can see him in a couple of weeks. He's going to be reaching his arm up for me to give him a helping hand to drag him up onto the, the bandwagon that's going to be full of Hawkeye fans and people that you know want to see this team do well. I'm all in on Petrus, Tom Caker. Well, uh, my pick to click this week is Spencer Peters for three touchdowns. So I, I am, uh, I am uh, riding shotgun with you on the uh, on the bandwagon, like we were with uh, with uh, Ola Shaney. Remember those days? Yeah. <laughs> we we were we were early uh, 
early on that one too. So yeah. So Trent, you're not allowed on the bandwagon when it happens. Fair, fair, completely fair on that one. We will see. We'll see on Saturday. Indiana come to town. Tom, what concerns you most when you look at this Hoosier team? Um, I think it's um, probably Iowa's line, just because um, you know it seems like just Kirk kind of hinting around things that guys are either banged up um, or they're just gonna you know they're gonna rotate a lot of guys on the defensive line anyway. That's kind of the nature of that position. But um, playing eight offensive linemen just mm. and, and it wasn't Kirk Ferentz saying, boy, we, you know, we feel like we've got eight starters. It was, we're trying to figure it out. And that's a concern when you go up against an Indiana team that, that brings a lot of blitzes, brings a lot of pressure, um, you know, had 23 sacks last year and 17 interceptions. That is, uh, kind of a, a flashing red light that they're going to have to deal with right out of the gate. No no doubt about it. Tommy, are you hearing any uh, any whispers out there that um, you know some of the starters may not be able to answer the bell? Anything like that? It's been really quiet. Mm. So um, I, I think everybody will be out there, except Kyler Schott, obviously, um, not out there. But it sounds like everybody else is going to be at least available. But the way Kirk kind of hinted is maybe some of the guys are – kind of limited just because they're missed a lot of time and probably not up to playing, you know, 50, 60 snaps. So we've gone through, we've talked a lot about the development. What about YA Black? You know, his importance yeah. to this team, he's been banged up and even banged up going back to spring. You continue to hear this. We know the talent is there, but not a whole lot of game reps coupled with all the practice reps that he missed. How concerning is a part of that? And what about the depth overall at defensive tackle? Yeah, you know, I always throw him in like he's kind of like the, the Carl Davis starter kit, kind of. You know, it's just because he's big. He's six five. You know, he's he, he easily carries like three hundred pounds if he wanted to, uh, and not look look heavy. Um, and he's really athletic, so um, I, I think that's who you compare him to. And he's just gotta stay healthy, and that's the big thing. But because he can be a space eater. I think the thing that Calvin Bell, who's really high on him, said uh, is that you know, his big thing is he's got to learn to play with a better pad level because you know if you're that tall, you got to stay down low, and he tends to come up high, and you just get overpowered by guys sometimes, mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, the push. So I, I think that's the big thing. But he's got to he he could be a dynamic player, and that's the kind of player they need. Uh, is it going to be Davion Nixon? No, mm-hmm. but he can he can be a solid player. What about Noah Shannon? A lot of, is there, it seems like there's a lot of pressure on him. A lot of folks counting on him. Yeah, he's. Um, I always I call those guys like uh, he's like a like Budgeta was. He's kind of just a, a sawed off guy, kind of shorter, mm-hmm. uh, but just hard to move. Just you know, he's kind of um, just one of those guys that's just just thick in the middle and just you can't move him out of his spot. And that's what they kind of need from him is just a guy that's going to present. Um, you know, resistance in the middle of the line, uh, and then you can have, um, you know, like a Jack Campbell come in and fill, fill that uh, in the middle there. And, and you know, everybody's hyped on Jack Campbell. I think part of the reason maybe they brought him back to middle linebackers. He's just a bigger, more physical guy than uh, you know Seth Benson's probably about you know, six foot six one, and uh, you know Campbell's legit six five two forty. I'm excited about the freshman receivers to see those guys yeah, out too. there. Keegan Johnson, kind of the biggest guy that's going to be part of the rotation. We've heard so much about him. And Arlen Bruce IV. Dude, 
If you have not seen this guy, he is just a winner. It doesn't matter what you do with him. He's going to find a way to get the job done. What are your expectations? 20 catches you know, for Bruce, maybe a couple of carries in the Wildcat, those type of things. What are your kind of expectations for both those freshmen? Yeah, I think both those guys you're probably going to see out of there for, you know, like 15, 20 snaps mm-hmm. on Saturday. Um, try to get them the ball. Uh, try to get them out there in space uh, to, to make plays. I think that's one of the things that Brian Ferentz has really kind of grown to do better is just getting finding ways to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. That's why they went to the Wildcat. You can get the ball directly to Tyler Goodson. Um, you know, the, the jet sweep kind of things where you can get the ball right to, uh, in, in the case of Iowa last year, like, you know, Tyrone Tracy or an Amir Smith-Marset last year. You just got to figure out ways to get those guys the ball, and that's what they're going to do with Bruce, I think, and with Keegan Johnson is just give them the ball and let, them, let their natural abilities take over. Uh, your thoughts on what you saw from Minnesota last night? Um, it was interesting. Um, you know, they played really well in the first mm-hmm. half. Um Boy, uh, you know Phil Fleck going for going for it on fourth and one in his own territory. That was a gutsy kind of call, but that's a nothing to lose call against Ohio State, Mm -hmm. and it kind of changed the game there for a little bit. And then Ohio State's talents just took over. It's just ridiculous. That felt Um, awful for Abraham Trent or Trent Tom. Just uh, uh, yeah, uh, just terrible. Have they said anything? What? what no, about nothing yet. That he's, he was the only quote. Well, he's in really good spirits. <laughs> okay. I um I, I uh, a friend of mine who uh, deals with sports injuries texted me uh, right away Achilles. and said Achilles. Yep. Yeah, it looked like it. Uh, from all the Twitter doctors that I follow out there on Twitter uh, that were watching yeah. that game. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, we ran a little long on our first segment. Uh, we'll uh, save plenty of time next week for Cyhawk. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, take care. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com as we take a look at Indiana and Iowa. We will come back with Dave Sproul, likewise, on you and I and Iowa State with Dave Sproul, KASI in Ames, Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.7. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Well, I'm Welcome back. Did you see the Chris Hassel video? No. Oh, my God. He is so talented. He really and true. What's he Get doing away now? from sports. I'm not going to spoil it. Just, okay. just search him online uh, on Twitter. Uh, my God, he's talented. As talented as a person, I think, has come out of Des Moines in this venue. Or in this uh, uh, in this format. And there's a lot sports. of people that there have... There have been. Yeah, Zubin was good. Yes. Keith, Keith could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. This hassle, my God. He's costing his family money doing sports. <laughs> he really is. Set it for a long time. Uh, let's get to Dave Sproul. K-A-S-I. But look at it. Find Hassel. I will. You'll pee your pants. 1430 on the AM dial. Hopefully have you seen literally. Chris Hassel? Dave? No. Have you seen Hassel, Sproul? I saw the video that uh, was going around last night that's where he played the with the grandpa. That's the one, yeah. That's the one. Pretty good damn, pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I enjoy the, I enjoy that stuff uh, whenever he puts those together. Absolutely. Well, we've got a game this week, three o'clock. Um, you've got a game tonight. What? Uh, where are you tonight? Fort Dodge, Ames, Trenton. Yep, it's uh, coming to Ames, uh, home opener for the Little Cyclones tonight, and uh, should be a good matchup. 
Last season, Fort Dodge won 81-54. to I'm Yeesh. not sure it's going to be quite that high scoring again this year. Well, here's hoping a little defense play gets played in that one. Well, we'll see about uh, defense tomorrow. Uh, what are uh, your takeaways from this week? Uh, we don't expect to see Charlie Kohler. Uh, that was kind of the buzz middle of the week. We'll see if there's anything to that. Of course, if there is, it'll be day-to-day. We can already put that in pen, not pencil. Uh, what are you hearing on Kohler and uh, just your thoughts on the game tomorrow? Yeah, I haven't heard anything on uh, Kohler that uh, would be more than a rumor. Um, but we'll see. Maybe that explains why there's an or next to his name with Chase Allen at tight end. Uh, I didn't quite expect that, but um, may, may, I'm just speculating. Maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, the other a couple of takeaways from Matt Campbell this week. One I thought was interesting and, and I think has some validity, which is the idea that his team's going to have to readjust to having – Fans on the field last season, of course, without or in the stadium, without a lot of fans there, had to, they had to create their own energy, and in, in some ways, they were actually able to better focus on reading defenses or you know uh, concentrating on the guy behind you and things like that. So there's going to be a bit of a mental adjustment, probably for both sides, you know, going into that game with with all the crowd noise. The other piece that caught my attention because I think it's just magnificent spin on Campbell's part is the idea in his mind, apparently, that you and I might have an advantage because they played actual football back in the spring fairly recently. They, they actually went out there and played meaningful games, which I don't buy for a minute because I, I'd rather spend my spring, if I'm a football coach, practicing than actually playing and then turning around and playing real games again a matter of months later. I think, I think if anything, you and I could be hurt by the fact that they played back in the spring because they're not going to have the same level of depth as a, a Big 12 team, much less one as deep as Iowa State. And that will be exacerbated by the fact that they're going out there hitting for real again uh, just a few short months after playing real games in, in spring. But uh, that's, I think, just a magnificent piece of, piece of coach spin from Matt Campbell on that one. He's very good at it, no doubt. Dave, uh, another part <laughs> is depth charts, and it took nine months, but we finally got another one in front of us. Uh, the biggest surprise to me, though, was Isaiah Lee, not a starter at nose guard. It was J.R. Singleton above him there, a redshirt freshman. Takeaways from you, a lot of oars in there as always. You mentioned one at the tight end position. There was 12 in the last depth chart before the Oregon game. There's only eight here, so I guess he's dropped it down a little bit. But takeaways from the depth chart. Yeah, the J.R. Singleton piece did, it caught my eye as well. It was a little surprising to see a redshirt freshman uh, as a starter ahead of a uh, redshirt junior who got some playing time last year. Oh. Was was fairly impressive in the playing time he got a, a season ago. Uh I'm not going to read too much into that. Outside the fact that J.R. Singleton maybe is, you know, progressing even faster than than anybody had anticipated. But when it comes to a position like that, and particularly along the defensive line, and maybe in the middle even more so than the rest of the line, you're going to see guys splitting time nearly 50-50. I mean, it's a very demanding position. You get very worn down, and you need some depth at that. So I think we'll see both of those guys. You could see any Irazawike move from tackle to nose to sometimes as a you know, work the defensive line in and out and try to keep guys fresh as much as possible. So that'll be an interesting thing to see, but I, I think that's one of those situations where who starts isn't so much as important as who finishes uh, a game when it's uh, when it's down to the wire. And then I, I know a lot of people have uh, noticed this too, but there's, you know, multiple names listed at multiple spots in the mm-hmm. two deep along the uh, offensive line. You got Derek Swiger listed at a, a couple places, uh, Joey Ramos moving so it's a backup center. Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's the same deal on the offensive line, and Campbell talked about this a little bit. He wants some versatility there, and he wants guys who can play multiple positions to try to keep 
the best combination on the field as much as possible and keep guys as fresh as possible. He hasn't been shy in the past about subbing offensive linemen in and out just to keep guys fresh. Uh, some guys, they, they are capable of playing the full game, and I would not be surprised to see that. But you could also see some guys just settling in out just to try some different combinations or just to give guys some rest. So that will be interesting to watch, too, as it unfolds tomorrow. Is this the year that uh, Skates uh, lives up to the, the hype that he arrived on campus with? I mean, he hasn't been bad, don't get me wrong, but there's clearly uh, another step or two there with him. Hearing a lot of good things about this fall camp for Joe Skates. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Campbell uh, said uh, quite a few good things about uh, skates too. It'll, it'll be uh, interesting to see how much he steps up. I mean, there's still you got Xavier Hutchinson there as the go-to guy. You got Tariq Milton bringing a lot of experience back in the slot, and you know, if Charlie Kohler is healthy, uh, he's going to get a lot of attention, a lot of balls thrown his way. So, and you know, we know how much uh, Brock Purdy likes to spread the ball around too. So. His numbers might not take huge leaps, but the things to watch for will be, is he running Chris Sprouts? Is he catching the ball that hits his hands? Is he able to secure that ball and maybe turn a short gain into a big play of some kind? So, uh, you know, skates may not make a huge, huge dent on the stat sheet when all is said and done, but there'll be a lot of things, to, a lot of little things to look for, particularly for the type who likes to really, you know, break down film and, and focus intently on, on how a kid plays even when the ball's not coming his way. It'll be interesting to see uh, uh, how he does in, in those regards. Iowa State's favored by more than four touchdowns. What from you and I do you look at, if anything, that does give you pause or concern? Well, you and I is, is experienced, uh, and not just because they played in the spring, but they have guys who have been around for, for multiple seasons. And uh, you know Mark Farley's always going to put a f- solid team that really isn't going to beat itself on the field. So those are the things that you have to keep in mind more than anything. And we saw a couple of seasons ago when Will McElmain was out there, he gave Iowa State all kinds of, of fits with his mobility. He was like the second coming of Fran Tarkenton out there for all my old school Vikings fans. Uh, and I know there's some question whether it'll be him or Theo Day out there getting the start. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see if he actually does hit the field. But if it's McElvain out there, uh, he's a guy, he'll drive you nuts just scrambling around out there and keeping plays alive. And that that's something that could be a challenge for Iowa State or any opponent. We shall see. We'll talk to you next Friday on the eve of Cyhawk after a absence in 2020. It's back and it's a Jack Trice and away we will go on ABC. It's ESPN Plus tomorrow or you can hear the game if you're in Story County on 1430. That is where Iowa State play. The Cyclones live on 1430 AM. Dave Sproul, Fort Dodge, Ames tonight. Have a good call. We'll talk to you in a week, Dave. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Bama Bob kicks off Hour 2. Claxons and picks. 1460